Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. I want to take some time today to address one of my pet peeves. I have quite a few of them, most of which are playful, but nonetheless, things that bother me. As a matter of fact, I have a fun and quick exercise for you. Why don't you identify your top five pet peeves and then explain why they bother you? Mine? (laughs) My top five are kind of weird. I don't really keep a running list of like 20 pet peeves, but my top five, well, they're different. So remember, we're not here to judge. We're here to understand. But if you want to create hell on earth for me, well, do all five things in front of me. It'll make my heart stop. Number one is this, sitting in a warm chair. I just can't do it. Hot seats, it's somebody else's warmth. I just can't do it. Number two is semantical battles. When people want to argue about words, I just can't stand it. Oh, well, I think this is perseverance. I think it's resilience. And 45 minutes later, we're all sitting there in a narcoleptic coma trying to figure out why in the world are we letting these people argue about words? Three, multiple people in the same room streaming different content with the volume up on their devices. Drives me wild. When people try to organize things for me, you might as well have just thrown it in the garbage. And number five, the comment, hey, did you get that email? Mm. Anyway, it's a good exercise on occasion to review what irritates you so that you can recognize those triggers and be a better person for others instead of an intolerant buffoon. But I will stand for quite a while before I sit in someone else's chair. (laughs) As leaders... We are obligated to be constantly practicing the two greatest qualities of leadership, empathy and reflection. Identifying your pet peeves and why they bother you allow you to do both, both understand your triggers and more importantly, create empathy for yourself so that you can be proactive about these irritants. And remember, a leader is anyone who has influence over another person. And that means all of us are always leading and guiding others with our micro actions. So let's do some smart thinking about using our influence to help others understand the world they live in and they lead in, all in an effort to increase the success and expectations of them and the initiatives around us. You see, that's one of my big pet peeves. Too many people do not understand the expectations and initiatives around them. Now, I've been in the position of leading others and systems for over 20 years now, and I learned a long time ago that my ideas for change and processes, well, I think they're some of the best. I, without a doubt, have come up with some of the most innovative practices and programs you can imagine, and my strategies for success are, without doubt, some of the very best things ever put to paper. (laughs) At least in my mind, and in isolation, And when I've never tested them or involved other people. However, when a bunch of other minds get to look at those ideas, well, there's some really cool things that can happen. You get humbled because other people have other ideas and they look at it and they have questions and they want to know answers and they don't understand it. And you know what? Too often we ignore that. Now, I have the same problem sometimes with my fashion sense. I'll come downstairs in an outfit that I think looks pretty good. And as I come around the corner and go into the kitchen, one of my three family members will simply say, nope, and point to the stairs. Well, then I go upstairs and I put on a bunch of blue stuff that I know matches. You see, a lot of us have amazing ideas, but the reality is they all work in our head. 
we can easily talk ourselves into things that will work out really well as we envision them. And they hit the real world and the real world says, nope. And the reason for that is that others were not on the journey with us in our mind. We did not view the problem together. And we likely do not understand the conditions that are creating the need for change. We didn't collaborate with others around the issue and we successfully worked it all out by ourselves. A weird thing often happens to others when they get hit with resistance. They either give up on it or become unreasonably proud and then they fight those who oppose them. Neither of those is a good idea. Too many good things die for the lack of perseverance or too much pride. We need to design processes to ensure that everyone involved in whatever they have to do has the opportunity to see everything that is occurring. And that's my peeve, my pet peeve. When you tell somebody to do something and they don't understand why. And it's not when they fight back and push back. It's that we, I, us, didn't take the chance or the time to show them why. Now, before we get to the process, I want to share a story with you to illustrate the power of perception. Now, as a career educator, I have been very fortunate to have a few different leadership titles. I was pretty good at getting advanced into jobs that I understood and had a lot of experience in. And then I was advanced into a position years back that had a lot of opportunities for me to learn. I became the assistant superintendent of schools and was charged with overseeing learning, strategy, and communications. I had a lot of growth opportunities because I was now charged with the educational journeys of all kids, pre-kindergarten, kindergarten, all the way through senior year of high school. I was an experienced middle school and high school teacher. However, I knew very little about the elementary level. Now, I hired a director of elementary with experience, and then we decided that we should build our understanding of our system together. The school district has 7,000 students, and there were two high schools, two middle schools, and six elementary schools, and an early childhood center. On the sixth day of school, my director and I booked our entire day out because we were going to go and visit all 25 kindergarten classrooms to see just how they operated in the different schools. Now, I don't care what you do for a living. Building your perception by taking quality time to understand all you serve is critical. I mean, look at what happens on Undercover Boss, the TV show. It's epiphanies everywhere, right? So, we stopped at our first school, checked into the office, and then we started in our first building's kindergarten classroom. We visited three different classrooms in that room with the teachers, and we watched the processes, the language, the ideas, the movement, the management, the setup, the bulletin boards, everything. And it was incredibly enlightening. We left the building and we got my little Volkswagen and drove to the next school discussing everything we saw. We went from school to school and visited each kindergarten classroom and teacher. However, after the first three classrooms, a theme began to emerge. You see, we had started the day with a bunch of assumptions about pacing, experience, learning, safety, resources, and they were all positive. I mean, it's kindergarten after all. I thought we were going to see pure magic everywhere. Between each school, our blood pressure started to rise and our enthusiasm waned and turned into a small level of nervousness. And by the time we left our 25th classroom, well, I and she were in a full-blown state of anxiety. What we saw was something we had never seen before, a glimpse of the big system we are a part of. Now, I had seen a kindergarten class in action many times. However, I had assumed most were the same. Why I made that assumption, I don't know. It seemed safe. 
But when, but when we put our eyes on the entire system of kindergarten, we saw a complete lack of consistency in experience and resources and management, materials, environments, class sizes, equipment, and you could actually feel the difference in the relationships between staff and schools. I felt so guilty about it all because it hit me and my director that this wasn't fair to the children. Now, if you work in industry, it's the same thing. Different products, different customers, different people have different entry points, which leads to different outcomes and different experiences. It doesn't seem right. One school had more resources. One had experienced teachers teaching kindergarten. One had all new teachers teaching kindergarten. Another had a new facility with air conditioning. One was super hot. Some teachers who were financially established in their personal lives and had more comfort in their own world had a lot of things in their classroom that they had purchased, like sets of books and toys. And one teacher even had a big TV screen that they had purchased. All different levels of resources for all the kids. I felt guilty because I realized your entry point into our system as a child was a lottery. I came back to the office and shared with everyone who would listen our experience and what we saw. Almost everyone just looked at me quizzically and slightly apathetic, like, well, what are you going to do about it? I thought, hey, I'm the number two guy around here. I'm going to do something about it. I created a really sweet PowerPoint presentation. I brought together all the principles and shared my experiences and finding. And I was so excited. I brought enthusiasm and energy. And I thought to myself, I'm going to fundamentally change how we do things here. (laughs) I finished my presentation. And the administrative team of about 25 people just kind of looked at me. I think I even got like a gentle golf clap from one person. Nice job, Ted. I was so enthusiastic that I failed to read the room. I guess the best way to describe the room was the word meh. I left feeling defeated and bothered that no one understood how important it was for us to get, get ourselves aligned and get moving. And I actually gave up because there were so many other initiatives and so many other things I should be doing and could be doing. And well, unfortunately, that experience haunted me all the time. But then I moved up in the organization and I grew tired of trying to explain to everyone what I was seeing everywhere. Now I'm going to pause here. The problem I was trying to address was a problem in the eyes of just the two people, me and my director. No one shared that experience with us. No one in the audience, none of the principals. They had no burning platform or burning desire to shake up so many different traditions. Why? They didn't experience it like me. Leaders need to create the conditions so that others find themselves in a position of voice and choice and enthusiasm. Also, we need to put ourselves so that we each have equal levels of knowledge and experiences. However, we too often put all the ranking people in a room with no windows and limited oxygen, and then we let them make decisions, and then changes come flying down through the organization without anyone understanding it or any ownership. And we're surprised then that people push back. Well, what do we do? We change the perception of others by taking a tour of the system we work in with everyone and sharing the opportunity for others to see what's going on in the big world in which they live and work. So what we ended up doing was we began taking system tours, and we began taking the system on a tour of the system. I would highly recommend you do the same. Instead of me or other members of the executive team seeing issues in isolation, we began taking all staff for complete tours of the complete system. What happens when the entire system starts to see the entire system? (laughs) they too begin to understand what's going on. 
why it's going on. They become empathetic for each other. They see the need for change. They understand what is happening and they see the opportunities that are there for everyone. One person, me, you, trying to convince everyone else to understand what is happening, well, that turns out to be a waste. Too often, teachers in isolation go down to the office and try to explain to the principal what's going on, try to use passion and engagement and energy to try to explain it. Instead, invite them in. Ask them, can you guys come up here and watch this with me? Here's the challenge to you as a leader in your world. Regardless of your role or your profession, you need to go and put your eyes on the world in which you work. You need to see everything. You need to explore it to understand it. You need to experience What's going on? Now, if you're a teacher and someone stands up in front of you and says, hey, the class is coming up, lack the skills they need to be successful. This is the naughtiest class you're ever going to have. Don't sit there and say to yourself, I've heard this before. Say to yourself, I want to go see it. When someone tells you that another system is stronger than yours, this organization over here is better. This hospital performs higher. The school district is stronger. Don't believe them. Go and see it. The best personal development I've ever experienced is when I have actually gone and seen the conditions of others, as well as the issues they are facing, the resources that they have, and their processes. And man, do I love stealing processes when I go on little field trips. It's not when I read about them and decided to dump a solution on someone else. It's only when I've experienced them. The greatest problems that we face in any organization are a complete lack of ownership and engagement. This is two birds with one stone strategy. Stop trying to explain everything and shift the paradigm and start seeing everything. Get people that you serve out to see the world in which they live. We've lost perception of situations. We've lost perception of the situation as a priority in our leadership. Now, I say this all of the time to you, but remember, data does not have a heartbeat, so it does not deserve an emotional response. However, sometimes people don't even respond to the data. Not at all. It's because they don't understand it. They don't see it. They need to experience it. If you want to understand why kids are the way they are, you need to visit their homes. If you want to know why students are being respectful, watch them in the community. If you want to know why people are not believing the need to change, it's because they don't see the changes coming like system leaders do. If you are a classroom teacher, ask someone to sub for you for an hour or two or the day. Walk around your building. Go through the system just in which you work. Or take the day and get in your car and visit every classroom level that feeds to you. And then when you're done with that, go everywhere that the kids go after you. Yeah, if you teach high schoolers, go out into the workforce and go to universities. See what you're preparing them for. Go see the entry and the exit to your world. You don't really understand who's preparing them for your class or how they're being prepared. And you don't know what is expected of them when they leave necessarily. You're told all of the time, but you've never experienced it. In the process world, there is this idea called creating a clear line of sight so that everyone understands each touch point for what's going on. And when there is a problem, lots of people go put their eyes all over the place to make sure that they can see why it's happening so that they can solve it on their end and within their control. But for some reason, leaders try to protect people away from seeing the entire system. Well, I and you are better when we understand with our own eyes what's going on. And that is why building our perception is so critical. Can you see why this is a pet peeve of mine? People coming in and trying to convince other people to make a change without actually taking them for a walk by the hand and saying, here, look, this is what's coming. See the storm? Let's go. Get out of your room. 
Get out of your office, your cubicle, your car, wherever you are. Go look around. It's remarkable what you learn, the processes from others you can steal, and the ways in which you'll grow. And finally, get out of your work and get into others' work. Seriously, if you teach, go someplace else and see what they do. Go to a hospital and see how that work environment is. If you're in healthcare, go to manufacturing. If you're in any type of leadership position, go to as many industries as possible and see how they do it. You'll grow, others will grow, and then you'll want to take others with you to see it again. I have been very fortunate enough in my life to see a lot of things. And I was very fortunate to see those 25 classrooms in the same day. And as soon as I had the authority to help others see our entire system, I seized that opportunity. Systems are built independently and expected to work collaboratively. Collaboration is always expected, yet rarely allowed. As we too often focus on people working on their own and then leaving them alone. Shake things up. If you have the ability to get people out of their environments and see the system, take it. If you are within the system, ask to go and see the rest of it. I could go on forever about this and how powerful it is to see other systems and to visit your own. I learn everywhere I go and with every opportunity. And each time we get the chance to see how others enforce standards, build processes for engagement and relationships, or simply how they set up their work area, we can grow. We can grow in our understanding. We can grow in our empathy. We can grow in our courage. We can dissolve some of the weird narratives in our head. And we can absorb change a little more easy. We are trapped in the systems of our own design. Then we get defensive when someone who's seen a better way asks us to change, and we never get the chance to go and see how they saw it before. Buffalo into this. Charge into new ideas and processes by going and putting your eyes on the world in which you work and support. If you never see it, and you never experience it, you'll never understand it. And if you never charge into your first storm, well, you'll never understand how rewarding it is to get through it so much faster. So let's do some smart thinking. Describe what systems you could tour. List the people you know that would benefit from seeing the entire system or other systems. And finally, describe where you've grown your own perception by looking at other areas of your own work. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening and please take the opportunity to rate and share this episode with others because it helps me help you lead. Also, thank you to the Well Pennies for their great music and please make sure to subscribe to them on your listening platform as well as look up Golden Bear Records to see all of the great artists that Brian and Sarah produce. As we close out this Smart Thinking, I want to share with you why this matters so much to me personally. Because you matter. Your mindset matters, your life experiences matter, and your perceptions matter. I learned that the word of a leader is one thing, but when a leader creates the conditions so that others see the entire system in which they live and work, others change their minds. They understand their role, and they become more empathetic to change. No one likes change more as a result, but they do understand it better. If we can dedicate ourselves to ensuring that people understand the importance of their role, then they'll select. Yeah, select. They'll select in our system or out of the system because they'll understand they are a micro part of a macro journey. If you're in a system 
and do not have a lot of situational authority. I mean, like you're not a, quote, boss, end quote. Well, be a boss and take control of what impacts you. Go and ask to take a tour. Take the time to go and see the flow from start to finish. When high school teachers see the kindergarten students, there's a little bit of a shift in purpose because many times they've never understood why all of these initiatives are taking place in the system because the impact doesn't happen to them for years. But then when time goes on and they've already lost engagement, the change finally occurs, but they've forgotten why they were asked to change years ago. But if they see it and they see it coming, well, then they can identify the storm and they're prepared. Stop repeating these cycles and start inserting people into the world in which they live and work. The world is changing and the opportunity to advance understanding, be a part of the solution, and have choice and voice in your life are really important factors for satisfaction and engagement. But you know what? They're all up to you. Storms are everywhere, and you have the opportunity to chase up to them, just like a buffalo. Yes, up to them. You don't have to wait for them. And what I mean is go and look for them proactively. Prepare yourself and those you serve with the skills needed to deal with them and grow your perception by going to the storm and not waiting for it. Okay, so this week's song is one of my go-tos when I need a boost and I figured it made a lot of sense to end today's podcast with it. It's called Spark and it's by the Well Pennies. And my favorite line is, start a fire in every eye awaiting you. Thank you.